What's up, everyone? This is Jay, a.k.a. Brother Soap, welcoming you to the 42nd episode of the British Soap Podcast, which I know because about 30 seconds ago I looked it up, (laughs) so I wouldn't forget again. (laughs) And today, I am here with my homegirl, the Maya to my Jacob. Look, you asked for it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Charity Lenz, what up, girl? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well because you rocked my world on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I believe in the age is only a number thing because, you know, my dad and my stepmom have like a 16-year age difference or something. So, you know, I have no problem with that. It's the student-teacher privilege thing that is bothering me with that storyline because she is grooming him hard. Yes. <laughs> like, it's it's definitely one of the most interesting grooming storylines I've seen. Number one, because it's female to male where the female is a perpetrator. That is definitely not something yeah, that's played on the soaps I, I, a lot. But you, it's not just simply the age. It's also it's the age, and then the development of the people in that, uh, you know, pairing. Because it is completely different when you, you when you've got like a sixteen year old messing who who is you know messing with a thirty six year old. Because you know, at age sixteen, while there's some kids that are you know mature for their age, a lot of times those kids have not lived a life where they have enough life experience to be able to deal with a person, you know, emotionally that is 36 years old. Now, yes. if it's a 36-year-old with a 56-year-old, that's different. A person has lived their life, you know, for quite a number of years. I'm damn near for it myself. If I wanted to get involved with a 60-year-old, I would have had all these years of life experience, all these years to grow out of being a teen. I was a fucking idiot at 16. Are you kidding me? What the fuck would I yeah, do with a 36-year-old? Like, I was dumbass at 16. What I'm makes you think that? And, like, a lot of the stuff that Maya is doing, like, to a grown-ass person, oh, she would have been cut loose five minutes ago. The only oh, reason yeah. Jacob is still with her is because he's a he's a kid, and he, this is new for him. Relationships like this are new, and he doesn't understand these things. This is, again... Bethany and that there was I don't even remember that bastard's name that was grooming her. Got her the past. There you go, Nathan. Yeah, the same shit. The things he, the things some people can get away with impressionable kids, they would not be able to get away with with adults. So, and I think oh, that's no, why no. they target these kids. And to me, it's clear that all Jacob is to Maya is. You know, she she probably has some insecurities about who she is as a woman, blah, blah, blah. She sees this little boy, you know, liking her, and she's just using him to make her feel better. His feelings be damned. His dad's feelings be damned. And that's the ultimate in, in selfishness, you know? Yep. Yeah, so you should feel shamed of yourself, Maya. Totally. Well, baby girl, so we have been busy these past couple of weeks. You know, we held off for quite some time watching the final episodes of Kate Oates' Coronation Street. Yeah. But finally, we are done with her run on Corey um, yes. as she has started. 
her run on EastEnders. So, you know, just give me some thoughts, I guess, first about, you know, uh, Coronation Street. Kind of what do you feel about, just generally about how she wrapped up her run? I I think the stuff she wrapped up with was really good. I liked the... uh, there was a lot, there were a few things that irked me a bit, like the entire Connor family fiasco, but, you know, you kind of expected that with, you know, what was going on in Allie's head and stuff, so, you oh, know. Oh, you, you didn't like the, uh, the Allie the murderer and everybody tripping on him? <laughs> Hell no, I thought that was boring as shit. <laughs> Plus, Allie is a really bad over, or the guy who plays Allie is a really bad over actor, and he needs to calm the hell down. Baby, he <laughs> is Aaron Livesey 2.0. Oh, he is like Aaron grown up. Like they could, <laughs> they could be brothers. I, I was just waiting for the connection. I'm like, okay, is he a Livesey? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like normally I'd understand the whole. Oh my gosh, I killed the dude. It's okay, but the fact that he's going after everyone is just. And how he's doing it kills my soul. Yeah. But uh, there was other stuff that was amazing. You know, they had, you know... There was so much stuff. And then you have, like, she brought Nick back, and that killed my soul a bit. That was... Trash. But but Elsa's okay. I like Elsa. I like Elsa, too. Yep. She understands us. Yeah. <laughs> I wish she could have stayed longer. She was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought the stuff that she brought on was, or, or for her lot, you know, I seem to notice something actually, though. Hmm. She's like, oh, who's that other? No, that was her, too. She's one of those producers that right toward the end, bring on a bunch of crap for filler just to irritate you for the new person coming on, which normally <laughs> is followed by Ian. Yeah, oh. yeah I mean, it, after feeling, it, I mean, there, there really wasn't much of anything. And, you know, I guess it's understandable. You don't want to invest in too much, you know, when you know, you know, you're out the door. And I don't think that that departure was something that was expected because, uh, yeah. Coronation Street bosses are stupid for letting her go, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it it was definitely f- the lead up to feeling, and then the feeling shit was the highlight, and everything else was cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and then every, I mean, her run was great. Yes. We, we we all know that her run was fabulous. Yes, but it's always in that last month or so. Yes, with that she does. She tries to put an end to all the big storylines, or at least, you know, put them to a head. Yes. Like, honest and engaged. But she always puts the climaxes to the big storylines. The episode she leaves. So the aftermath of what she does is done by dumbass. But Every time. I think that that's nice, though, because... You, you don't want to, you know, set up somebody like, I feel like when she started her run, like, 
Uh, was it Blackburn before her, or was it somebody before Blackburn? I think it was Stuart Blackburn, wasn't it? <clears throat> but I, think it was. I don't feel like like they they really gave her too much to work with. Like I think her first couple weeks, she kind of gave the uh, Nazirs more. She kind of fleshed them out a little bit. Like with and her, wasn't she the one who did the uh, car explosion in like her first week? Car explosion, her first week. The big, the big, the big stunt in the first week where Anna. Oh no, baby! Uh-uh. That was that was not her first week at all. That was weeks and weeks and weeks into her run. Her first what? week, her first episodes were focused on the series. Yeah, because the initial weeks of uh, I don't even Street, remember. It's been yeah. too long. You know, I remember. That's my girl. It was kind of a slow build. Like she spent a few weeks kind of building different characters. So it really wasn't anything that was too exciting the first couple of weeks. There were just some small little shifts in stories. But yeah. she did that kick-ass stunt. You, you're right. But it, it took a few weeks for that to build up. And that was kind of where I was going. Because like, I don't feel like Stuart Blackburn led, gave her much to where she could have come in really, really strong, right? Um, I feel it's completely different on uh, EastEnders. I feel like, you know, there was a lot more for her to work with. And I and I have a feeling that some of the stories we started to see even before she got credited, I think she was involved. Because ain't no way in hell Tiffany is doing this Bethany Platt 2.0 and Katie will say had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no they put that shit in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I hear you on that. Okay. And, and, and now, uh, uh, Who's her face? Uh, Sharon's son's in on her, too. So it's not just her. It's that annoying little blonde boy who was named at Dennis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Dennis is in on it, too. Yeah, that, so that, it's just him like... Into the drug stuff is, is kind of annoying. Yes. But you... So you would that, still... Right? You would still me. give love to Kate Oates over Blackburn, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, I agree. Kato did an excellent run on uh, Coronation Street, and I'm so glad. Her her closing stuff with Coronation Street is definitely easier to swallow, given that we know that she's on EastEnders and already doing a good job. Yeah, so mm -hmm. before we get into talking, Corey, more in depth, her first couple episodes of EastEnders have aired. What are you thinking about uh, Oats Enders so far? I, I like it. There are a few people that are kind of annoying me right now, but for the most part, what she brought to the table has been pretty darn good. Um, there's a couple storylines I could personally live without, but we knew what was coming from them. Yes, give me a couple teases of who's annoying you and what storylines are getting on your nerves. Those fucking sisters. Oh my god, I hate them. What? I saw them for like two seconds, and I just Seriously? wanted to pop their heads together. Yeah, I, I, I can't. They're I can't good. What are you that. talking about? I can't deal with that. Maybe if something important happens that, that leads them into not bickering at each other every three seconds, perhaps I'll like them better. I mean, I've had characters like that before that I hated them from the get-go, and then when I started watching them more, I began to like them. But right now, I just want to bob them upside the head. I am shocked by that, actually. For the best. I am shocked. I can't believe you're saying that. I think they're so funny, and they're cute, and they're taking no shit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a mess and stirring up the pot. And I don't know what's going on with, I think that's Habiba and Honey's little evil man. I think that dude is evil. Adam? 
Is that his name? Is that the dentist? Yeah, Adam, uh-huh. honey's, honey's boyfriend. I don't so trust him. Like, I haven't tested him from the jump. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I think it's interesting what's what's going on there. So, okay, so that's one. Give me one more. What storyline you, you guys working on your nerves? I am already over the hunter killing who's the face thing. Oh yeah, agreed. Because, <laughs> because you know, well, I'll tell you more about it during my what the hell because that's my what the hell. Yes. So I'll leave that alone. But it, it is very, like, alley killing random drug, dude. It's like, dude, these mofos were going to hurt you. Why are you tripping? That's more or less what it was, too. <laughs> and then he finally did the right thing, and his mom is just like, oh, why didn't I turn myself in and say, I did it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, that storyline could have been over in two seconds. Dude kills him. They call the cops. They say what happened. He's released of a self-defense. Done. I mean, it's stupid. All this drama for no reason. <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, it came to a head. Now it's over and done with. And there's probably still going to be repercussions from it. And it annoys me that, you know... This child who is saving his mom does the right thing, and his mom doesn't get or and his mom thinks she should go to jail for it. So, Baby girl, hey. you don't want to see any more tearful phone calls with Mel and the calf on the phone to Hunter, who doesn't have more time to talk. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh God, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, for the most part, I think her start on EastEnders has been good. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, Habib and sister, whose name I can't remember right now, I but I, know I, I think it's Ikra, I think it's Ikra and Habiba, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I know that she's in deep shit with her dad for running off on a wedding or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want an arranged marriage. Which is good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Good on her. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> let's 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 have some uh, lobster talk later. And you know, <laughs> I uh, forgot about the lobsters. <laughs> and, 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 and let's get into something big and nasty. I want to see them get into something that'll make me like them. Because right now, them getting to getting into a fight with you know. The family there. I'm just like, let's let's be dumb for a minute and <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Already. Now, I mean, like they're they're all good and stuff, but just like give them time. <laughs> yes. All right, boom. Well, we are going to continue what we started last episode. Um, We're going to cover current Corey, but through the generosity of Conversation Street, because, you know, we are not messing with Coronation Street while Ian McLeod is producer. Even though I have, I did watch three episodes, two of his episodes uh, recently. I watched the uh, Siege episode, or the Hostage episode, where Shona got taken hostage, and I just watched Underworld uh, Destruction episode. Oh, you mean where Rana died and everyone was quote-unquote sad? 
Yes, the copycatting the, the, the copycatting Hollyoaks uh Doug death scene episode. Yes, I watched that. <laughs> and trash. So but we are we are going to cover uh, present Corey, uh, the way we are covering it now. Uh, I have listened to the last month's worth of Conversation Street episodes. Uh, they are at Conversation STR on the Twitters, and I don't know if they have a website right now, but their show is excellent. Uh, for those of you did, who missed us last time, they do a weekly podcast where they give the uh, recap of Coronation Street, and they talk about uh, their thoughts about the show. So, I have listened to the last month's worth, and I have pulled from that three lies and a truth miss lynn so just like last month i'm going to read you four different statements of things that happened ish on coronation street happened ish three of them will be lies and one of them will be the truth your mission should you choose to accept it is to tell me which one is the truth after i go through all of them you rats all right, let's do it. So, three lies and the truth, part two. Here we go. Number one David gets beaten up when Shona fails to deliver drugs to her imprisoned son, Clayton. Okay? That's number one of four. Okay? Number two Sarah catches Seb naked in the bathtub after he had a fight with Gary. Okay? Number two. Number three. After rewriting part of Daniel's graduate school paper, which he thought he'd deleted, Brian is surprised to learn that Daniel's professor only liked the part of the paper that he wrote. Okay? That's number yeah. three. So Brian wrote some of Daniel's paper, and all the professor liked was Brian's part of the paper. And then yeah. the last one, number four. Gina falls through the roof of Underworld as it collapsed and killed Rana. Okay. So, mm-hmm. recap. So, three lies of the truth. So, David got beaten up when Shona fails to deliver drugs to her son. Got Sarah kept catching Seb naked in a bathtub. You got... Uh, Brian writing part of Daniel's paper and then finding out that Professor hated Daniel's shit and liked his shit. And then the fourth is that Gina fell through the roof of Underworld as it collapsed and killed Rana. So three of those are slightly off. One of them is true and happened in the past month. So which one of those do you think might be the truth? Well, I don't think... uh I don't think Sarah would find a naked step in the shower. Um, <laughs> so I think that one's wrong. Um, I don't think Gina fell on Rana or off the roof where Rana fell down or where Rana died. Um, the only one that actually sounds plausible is David getting the sheep beat out of him. It's either David or Nick. So I'm thinking... I kind of want to go with the first one. David gets beat up because Shona doesn't get drugs to Clayton or from Clayton or because of Clayton or whatever the case may be. So I think I'm going to go with the first one. Okay, Final answer? Final answer. Alright, let's go through them. So, 
Let's start where you started. So what actually happened was that Seb catches Sarah naked in the bathtub nice. after <laughs> after <laughs> a fight with Gary. Sexy time, don't they? They have hot sex. Uh huh. Yeah, Coronation Street seems to be making uh, Seb have a little crushy crush on. Uh, on Sarah, and I've even noticed in the couple episodes that I saw this month, uh, Seb looking at her little flirty, flirty, and he's actually gotten into a physical fight with Gary in part because uh, I, he got a crush on Sarah and he ain't feeling Gary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Seb got a little eyeful, and uh, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> Hot mess. So there's that one. So you're right on that one. For so the next one. You are also correct. It wasn't Gina that fell through the roof of Underworld. It was Sally who fell through the roof of Underworld as it collapsed. Uh, Both she and Gina were on top of the uh, roof of Underworld because um, there was some tension in Underworld. Uh, From what I could tell, so for some reason, Carla for a short time was going to outsource their jobs. Uh, I, I don't exactly know why, but it was supposed to be a short-term thing. But I think Nick found out and made it seem like she was firing them forever and they would forever be replaced by machines. So the uh, people in the office decided to protest, right? Oh, okay. So they were doing a sit-in at the job, but what they wanted to do is hang a protest sign from the roof of Underworld. So Gina had did a protest sign, but Sally had done one too. And so they were fighting because Gina's was clearly better than Sally's and Sally's was just mad about it. So they were on the roof fighting over whose sign was better and who should get the sign. They go, it was really juvenile. But then ultimately it was more about... It was more about what happened about her going to prison and old girl going after Tim and all that. So while they were fighting and Sally was just being vicious to to Gina, which I have some issues with. But I feel like new. Huh? (laughs) Isn't new. (laughs) Yeah, it isn't new. Right. Yes. But after uh, uh, Sally was pretty much like, I want you out of our life and I want you out of Weatherfield. Karma came through and said, okay, Trick, opened up that roof of the Sally. She, she basically did a, a, who's old girl from Hollyoaks? Was that Texas? <laughs> you remember Texas fell back? Yeah, the fall. Yes, she did the Texas. <laughs> <laughs> right through the roof. So, yes, you're right. It wasn't Gina that fell. It was Sally that fell. So, you got that one right. Okay. And next one. Clayton gets beaten up when Shona fails to deliver drugs to uh, her imprisoned son, right? And Mm -hmm. actually, now, at the time that I wrote that, that was to the audience true, right? Yeah. Ultimately, though, that ended up not being what happened. Because basically, I think last time we talked, I might have told you about this. So Clayton was trying to get uh, Shona to give him drugs, uh, to bring drugs into the prison, because he was saying that people were threatening him and uh, were going to beat him up if, you know, she didn't bring drugs for him, right? Yeah. So she was going to bring some drugs in for him, but she didn't. And so 
the next thing she hears is that her son got beaten up. So at the time I wrote that, it was actually Clayton got beaten up when Shona failed to deliver drugs to the son. So that was okay. Uh, so that so was not was true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will get to the good one in a minute. But I will have to tell you after that there was a development. So I also wrote this. I also watched the episode where uh, he held his mom hostage. Right. So basically, uh, there was the funeral for his dad because I think I told you his dad died. Right. So there was a funeral for his dad and at the funeral, like he had some of his sketchy friends that were there with him and somehow or another they helped him escape. And he ended up escaping to this abandoned house and his mom ended up finding him. I don't know. I didn't watch. I was just listening to kind of what happened. But there, uh, the police, you know, kind of circled the house and he was saying that he was going to kill his mother if they didn't give him like money and a way to escape. Right. Mm-hmm. While he was holding her hostage, he told her that he actually uh, wasn't getting beaten up for failing to, uh, you know, you know, b- over drugs. He was actually kind of like this drug kingpin and was just trying to get uh, her to help replenish his stash so he could sell more. And he also revealed that the reason his father died is because he had his dad uh, bringing drugs into the prison for him, but he was, you know, stuffing the drugs in his backside to bring them in oh, the prison. Overdose. The drugs exploded or whatever, and that's why he died. Isn't that trash? That garbage, yes. really? Yes, but it's all good. Shona stabbed that bitch and got away. <laughs> so that's good. He's not dead, though. He's still circling around, but yeah, so. But anyway, yeah, it was it was Clayton that supposedly got beaten up. But after I wrote that, it ended up being bullshit. <laughs> yes. So the one that was right was that uh, Brian wrote part of Daniel's graduate school paper. <laughs> Daniel took the paper to his professor, and his professor hated everything he wrote. And like what Brian wrote, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that sounds almost kind of logical, really. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, he's a teacher. I'm kind of sick of him right or, well i was kind of sick of him too yes <laughs> well, that's it baby girl so that's it that's it so that is three lies and a truth cornista you did pretty good i actually thought you were gonna get that one because you had the first two you were like uh-uh nope nope yeah it's like that doesn't mm, seem right yes <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i kind of should give it to you because since that one that i wrote ended up being not true oh. yeah so yeah so, I don't know. I'll give that to you. Let's just say you want. It's our show. We do what we want. <laughs> yeah. No. So, if you guys have questions about anything related to the British Soaps, or we don't cover something today you would have liked us to talk about, uh, head over to BritishSoapPodcast.tumblr.com to shoot us an ask, or hit us up on the Twitterations at UK Soap Podcast. Don't worry, Hollyoaks will be back next month for those of you who've been missing us talking about Hollyoaks. So, if you're going to add us and be like, when y'all talk about Hollyoaks, it's coming back next month. <laughs> All right. So we are going to keep things on Coronation Street. And at this point, we're going to be covering November and December, early December of 2018, as we're finishing up the run of Kate Oates on Coronation Street. Start us off, Miss Lens. What the hell? What did Coronation Street to do, do to make you say, what the hell? Whoever you want to say what the hell for. <laughs> All right. There were three main storylines in Coronation Street that made me say, what the hell? 
the first one or the first two I already talked about, Nick coming back to, you know, say, Oh my god, I love you, Leanne, while well, he's married to one of the probably most vengeful women in the universe. I, I, I love Elsa. I hate her name, but I love her as a human being. And she was actually sweeter than I thought. Like, she wasn't too vengeful. He was just, he's fucking trash. And then how does he reveal he's married to Leanne? He just talked about some, I'm married, sorry. I was like, Yeah, it's you like, I'm just going to go to the back of the corner of the pub, say, I need to talk to you, and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm married. And then a day later, after he gets a whole flipping base of water dumped on him from a high area in the cold, they're back together again. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> who, who needs that? I don't think Leanne needs a dude. She already had a pregnancy scare and all that nonsense. Leanne just needs to be alone for a while. Toya does too, even though, you know, her and Emran are back together. Don't like that either. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm over Nick, I'm over Leanne, I'm over all of this nonsense, I'm over Nick buying Underworld out from Peter with 40 grand that he stole from his wife and now has to pay back. Can we talk about how ridiculous it is that Peter would ever, 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 ever sell his shares to Nick? Are you kidding me? That's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? Stupid as hell. <laughs> You know that would never happen. Oh, hell no. I, I don't know what she was thinking, or if she was thinking at all in that last little bit of time there, but... <laughs> oh, my lordy. She needs some work done in the head for ruining a perfectly good partnership, especially since Carla was starting to fall in love with Peter again. Exactly. And just to give you a fast forward on the episode that I saw today, which is the, uh, you know, episode where Underworld uh, caved in. So Peter and Carla are still split. But after all of Miss Peter's done these past few months, buying into the factory without Carla's permission, acting like he ran the place, trying to mess with Carla, and then assuming that she didn't want him there and then selling to Nick all secretly, right? Today, he's in Carla's face talking about how horrible she's been to him and how he could never be with her because she's like an addiction, his addiction to alcohol, where if he is involved with her, he'll die. I'm like, what? Really? What? They gave him those words. You, if you're like something that will kill me, will kill me to be with you. Like, what is this bullshit? So stupid. Yep. So, so basically, yeah, I'm I'm over all of this garbage. I kind of wish that Carla told Elsa, "Hey, I was married to Nick." Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> because then they could be the vengeful ex-wife to took everything he wanted and had from underneath him right. and he would have to work his ass up from the top. Yes, which from we could have also seen on EastEnders if they didn't bungle how they did that whole Mel and the other wives of uh, Ray thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Agree. Because I didn't like it, you know, where they had Elsa looking like, uh, feeling like Carla was just trying to manipulate her. Like, I, but the the bad party was Nick. Like, that's where the focus need to be. Nick is shit. Not everybody else. Yeah. I, I, I agree. My second what the hell, like I said, was the Michelle Connor Connor family. Mm. <laughs> All of them were extremely stupid. Michelle's trying to keep Ellie's secret. And, you know, her other son there is trying to keep himself from falling apart because he was actually, you know, hurting it too. And then you have Allie who's just being a dumb fuck and getting himself beaten up by motorcycle dudes. And <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on here? I can't, I can't. I can't with them. <laughs> because I was watching these two stories at the same time, I thought, and, and one happened before supposedly Kate Oates was there. I think Kate Oates had influence over both stories. So you remember how Hunter killed Ray, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's in the streets of Albert Square talking about some, you don't know what I'm capable of. I can do this, that, I'm and other to you. I'm going to hold a knife, or I'm going to hold a gun to a mirror and say, I'm going to shoot you, Keanu. Pew, pew. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And so <laughs> then I'm watching Coronation Street, still Kato's run. Allie kills drug dealer dude. Then all of a sudden he's like, you don't know what I'm capable of. I'm just like, oh, okay, yep. so we just, we just doing the same shit. <laughs> we we, we, we kind of know what you're capable of. <laughs> but the thing, I was just like, oh, okay, so, so the Hunter shit is just the same story. So, okay, so Allie is Hunter, and that's what that is, okay? Because he did the same dumb shit, <laughs> except, you know, Allie didn't go to jail for it yet. And then just like, you know, you got Bethany over there, and now you got Tiffany over on East. I'm like, I see you, Kato. It's, it's, it's a little normal, yeah, but it's I okay. <laughs> we see what you're doing. <laughs> and, I have, yep, and I have one more quick one that really irritates me because I know this character is better than this. Brian needs to quit that damn school because oh. that, that, that deputy head dude is fucking with him pretty hard, and he's just letting him roll over him like it's no big deal. Yes. I'm just like, no. No, Brian. You listen to your partner, and you quit, and you find a school that will actually accept you for what you're really good for, which is teaching, not being rolled over by dudes. Yes. Now, don't worry. Uh, Cheryl's husband leaves the show. And uh, I think Brian is still off the, not at the school anymore. I think he, I think he did end up quitting, but I think that was Ian uh, got him away from the school stuff when he started. So that's over and done with. But okay. uh, projectile vomiting happened before that happened. Projectile vomiting. Happened? Yeah, at the play, there was like somebody on a harness. Maybe it was him. And then there was projectile vomiting all over the audience. I think that was like Ian's first or second week on the show. Oh, nice. Just to, just to keep Coronation Street classy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's good of him. Yes. I would have projectile vomited as well. <laughs> so stupid. All right. I've got a bunch of what the hell's. We're just going to zoom through them. So 
I'm going to co-sign your uh, Connor mess with Michelle. But this is my what the hell. <clears throat> Michelle getting mad at Allie for killing the evil drug dealer dude. The reason yep. that's on my what the hell list is because immediately after she found out he was out there supposedly trying to save drug dealer dude, she was on, how could you, how could you help the man that was trying to destroy our family? Then the heifer finds out, no, Allie actually killed him, and then she's like, how could you, how could you kill him? Yep. I'm just like, like she couldn't make up her mind. Are you <laughs> mad because you tried to save him, or are you mad because you killed that? Oh, what are you doing? Stop. It's stupid. Stop. <laughs> it's so dumb. I was like, okay. Whatever, Michelle. <laughs> Somebody else I was mad at was Steve. So, Last time, I hadn't seen all the mess about uh, Tracy coming back to the town without him and Steve coming back with a sunburn. You told me all that, so oh, yeah. I came to expect it. it so I watched it, and the thing that annoyed me was that scene where Steve, it was Steve's first scene with Liz after he'd come back. He was sitting there talking to her about his drama with Tracy, this, that, and the other, and his mom was just looking at him. And he was kind of like, what? And she's just like, all this time you've been sitting here, you didn't ask me once about how I was feeling about what your father did to me. And because he's Steve slash Alfie Moon, Mr. Yep. Comedy that's fucking trash, he's just like, well, yeah, I just didn't figure you want to talk about it. I'm like, oh my God, you're so fucking trash. Oh my God, you're so selfish. It was annoying. And Liz got mad. I think she walked out. And I was like, ugh, he's so annoying. Yeah. He hadn't been cool since, uh, what's his name, left? The brother from Red Dwarf. Oh, yes, uh, uh, Lloyd. It seems like they haven't known what to do with Steve since that guy left. I like comic Steve. This, this, I don't know, he's got that Alfie Moon annoying thing that gets on my nerves now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. Another one. Daniel. So... I got to finally watch Daniel find out that Sinead was uh, not doing her chemo. And first of all, I think... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the way they say chemo. Not doing the chemo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the first reveal, though, was that, um, you know, Ken found out she had cancer and she swore him to secrecy. And uh, eventually, because Sinead passed out, uh, Daniel ended up finding out that she did have cancer because one of them uh, doctors had a little slip up. It was like, oh, your wifey ain't tell you about nothing I can talk to you about such as saying your wifey didn't tell you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it was Ken that revealed or told told Daniel that uh, Sinead had the cancer and he knew about it. And so then Daniel is just like pissed off a kid. Like, dude. Sinead hit her own cancer. Sinead told him, don't you say shit, motherfucker. But he's like, this is all Ken's fault. I was like, you know I can't stand Ken. But I was like, did Ken give her cancer? Did Ken tell her not to say shit to you? Ken was in her face like, you need to tell him. You need to tell him. You better tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm like, boy, man. But Daniel's like, he is the worst person in the world. I'm going to kill him. Now something get nice came out of it. That little scene where he was about to go beat Ken's ass, and then Peter was in the backyard like, "Uh, uh-uh, bro, let's let's have a conversation." <laughs> I thought that was nice because I think Peter had talked about loss with him, and uh, it was a nice little conversation. He calmed old dude down because uh, you know Sinead was in the hospital talking about, 
I'm still not going to have this chemo. I'm trying to save our baby. And he was like, kill it. <laughs> and she was like, yep. no. So he left mad, trying to go beat his daddy up and push him down another flight of stairs. And Peter's like, calm the fuck down. And then he calmed the fuck down. When gave Sinead a little huggy hug. And then Ken came outside and was just like, I heard everything. You're so nice. Thank you, Peter. And I thought, oh, that was sweet. I still can't stand it, but that was sweet. <laughs> yes. What did you think about that? Because you didn't mention that. What did you think about the whole Sinead having a diagnosis thing? Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that. I enjoyed Peter's little talk with, with Daniel there. Because I didn't even think about that when we first talked. I was just like, oh, hey. Thanks for bringing that up because that was actually really good. I had a, a that was actually in one of my uh, scenes of the week, but I only I could only really pick two or three, and I had a whole bunch of them, so yeah. I just picked my two favorites. And this one should have been in there, but yeah, it was it was really well done. Yes. <laughs> yes. I almost had a cry. Did you? You saw the beat where Sinead had her little friend who was telling her, "Don't do treatment," right? Yeah, Steph. Yes, and then just that? just long just long enough for her to be friends with her for a week just for to go die of cancer because she spread because she wouldn't do the treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great that she had a friend going through the same stuff, but telling her to go through the nasty vegan diet was Probably not the way to go about it. <laughs> not say not. <laughs> it's like obviously not. Her husband's in tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or her boyfriend or whoever the hell that was. Yeah. It was it was sad. And if it takes your cancer friend dying to realize, hey, I should probably get this chemo done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you see, girlfriend didn't sleep. She was like, oh, oh girl, dead. Hey, Doc, I want to be in there right now. <laughs> dead and dying, yeah. She, she didn't, she didn't, uh, or she rushed her ass to figure out what she could do real damn quick. <laughs> yeah, she snapped straight to it. I was like, okay, sis. <laughs> okay. So, I got three more. So, um... This last one I kind of call, I I feel kind of bad now. At the time I wrote this, I didn't know they were going to kill old girl off, but this annoyed me when I saw it. So, uh, Kate and Rana are Aaron and Robert right now with this whole, I need a baby, let's adopt a baby, let's get a surrogacy. So there was this one scene where... Kate was going on and on about this goddamn adoption and, you know, Imran has been talking to Rana and the real talk is girlfriend ain't never wanted no goddamn baby, so she ain't trying to have this conversation. But Kate goes by Rana's job yeah. to talk to her about this adoption. And homegirl's like, working. look here, I'm going to see Kirk, I'm working, I'm going to go do my thing, bye. So she's in the exam room with Kirk trying to check him out, you know, because he's something wrong with him. And Kate burst through the door of the exam room to talk about fucking it. I was like, what is she doing? Do you know how livid I would be if some fool just comes, romantic interest just comes and busts in during my doctor's appointment? What? It was so stupid. Yep. I was like, what are you doing? But then, 
Karma killed him off, so whatever. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. So <laughs> much for your child. <laughs> I know, yes. I do care. The gay killing of lesbians trope is annoying, but... Yeah, you know, the, the I, killing, yeah it's like the killing of anyone that isn't, you know, of straight persuasion is kind of depressing to me as well. I wasn't feeling Kate and Rana not because of anything with regards to the actors. I'm gay as hell, not because they were lesbians, obviously. It's because uh, that girl messed with my Zidane. I like my Zidane. And she cheated on Zidane to get with an old girl. And I always say, when your relationship starts with cheating, it ain't going well. So when I found out that mess about her dad, I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's calm before she did the Zidane. (laughs) It's like, I, I knew, like, months ago that one of the two were going to die. Mm-hmm. They they had it already in the news. So I was yes. just like, oh yeah, one of them's going to die. Boo-hoo. And you know, I'm spoiler free, so, and even when I listen to the Conversation Street, there are podcasts run a few hours, but I usually just look, focus on the street talk section so I can hear the recaps and I don't hear any of the news because you know I keep myself spoiler free. So, when I listen to the most recent episode, they were talking about they were ta- trying to be spoiler free in the recaps because of this big thing that was happening. I was just like, what are you talking about? And so, for some reason or another, I think it was on the Conversation Street page, cause, uh, Twitter page, because they had recommended that we watch a video about the 20 years of Roy's roles. So, yeah. when I went to go check out the video, the first thing I see is it looks like, you know, Rubble is on uh, Rana. I'm like, and I killed off Ron. <laughs> so I just found out like two days ago. But apparently, I listened to the whole episode. Apparently, uh, yeah, it got leaked months ago. So most everybody already knew. Yeah, I, know. I was I shocked. Had a, I had a I had a pretty uh, hardcore idea that mm. one of those two were going to be the ones that. Yeah, it was leaked. <laughs> I just didn't care because I just their relationship started bad during Kato's run. She really didn't do anything to build up the love between them. Like it was just kind of like insta love. So I wasn't yeah. that invested, you know. But I st- honestly, Karma could have played out a different way. Kate could have cheated. Ronnie could have cheated. One of them could have left town. Like, they didn't need to die. Don't yeah, they didn't need to die. Yeah, that was kind of trash. All right, two more. Um, second to last, um, we will go to uh, Kim. So, um, in story, we saw this together, I'm going to this. So, you remember uh, Abby finally finds out that Tracy was the one that set her up for destroying that car, which yep. almost saw her get into jail, and she was justifiably pissed off about it. She tells Seb about it, and Seb is getting mad with uh, Abby, not only because of uh, that, but because Abby has decided that she's really not worthy of a mother, so she's good as a mother, so she's going to stop trying to fight for her kids. Yeah. And so Seb gets pissed off and goes and destroys Preston's pedals, which I thought was great. I was like, go on, Seb. You it's about time somebody destroyed <laughs> something of Tracy Barlow's. That was funny, but where I got pissed off was at Ken's ass. So Abby goes, sees what Seb's doing, and is like, boy, what are you doing? Let's get the fuck out of here. And then she hears something outside. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, you go hide. And then here comes Ken. And he's like, oh, my God, what? What are you doing? I'm calling the cops. Right? And then Abby gets arrested. And why uh, that was a what the hell for me, it's like in the, one of the next scenes, I think Kenneth's like talking to Peter, and he's just kind of like nonchalantly, well, I called the cops on 
Abby, and she's probably not going to be able to be with her kids anymore. Uh, I don't know why she didn't think about that. And I was just like, you fucking idiot. Abby asked you to call Tracy and to leave this shit alone. Because what Ken didn't know was that what was happening was uh, he, they just found out their daughter set her up. So had Ken called Tracy, she would have probably been like, don't call the cops, it's fine. But Ken's ass just goes and calls the cops. Then Abby gets sent down over that bullshit. And Ken's like, I don't know why she wasn't thinking about her children. I was like, bitch, you weren't thinking about her children. Yep. I, I, mean, I hate Ken. <laughs> and I'm still mad at him saying uh, that line about being too good for Deidre. Whatever, Deidre was three times the man you will ever be. <laughs> three that times is the human. True. She was she was more manly than he ever was. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was a boss. I loved her. Shit, bitch ass. And then my last thing, uh, we kind of mentioned this, but at the time I wrote this, it wasn't finalized. So I put Peter trying to sell Underworld. That annoyed me because I was just like, dude, you bought into this business to be with your girl. What are you doing? And then ultimately, him selling to Nick, it was just like. No, this is this is stupid as fuck. I can't. <laughs> I was yep. just like, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on this show. <laughs> Shucks. Okay, boom. <clears throat> so scenes of the week. What were your favorite scenes for the past few weeks on Corey? You, my my scenes of the week are all really involving Sally's trial because while I think the trial is utterly bogus, the acting in it was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I loved the fact that, you know, everybody was trying to find their way to postpone the trial so that they could get anything that they needed to to get the information they needed to get Sally out of jail, which ultimately didn't work. But yeah, I'm I'm just I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was really well done. I liked all the little steamy things that happened to everyone around it, like um, Gina meeting with Duncan the dumbass and uh, uh, Tim feeling like, you know, Gina's falling in love with him and his dad catching on and everybody, Sally trying to kick Gina out of the house in prison so that she can make a yoga room. That was kind of stupid. But, you know, other than that, you know, there was, it was really well done. And there was lots of crying. And, you know, now that uh, uh, Abby's her soulmate, everything's going to be fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought everything about the trial was really well done. I, and while I didn't like Sophie and, and her lawyer together. I thought it was a ridiculous pairing that they just brought together and broke apart within a month. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I, I rather, you know, enjoyed everything about it. Yeah, it was an interesting coupling because of what was happening. And mm -hmm. like, you know, the fact that Sophie is dealing with this, you know, at dinner with this pompous prick who ended up being her mom's judge and gave her a yep. harsh sentence. Yeah, that was that was annoying. I'll be honest, I skipped the trial episodes and I just read what happened on Corapedia because I hate trials 
if especially if I'm not invested and I did not want to see Sally going through that because I feel like it's complete bullshit and bogus and I didn't want to see that so I skipped all those trial episodes and I was like no I'm not watching it uh, but I've seen some things surrounding it and yeah, it was interesting but I'm glad that story's over and done with because yeah. Sally didn't need to get railroaded in the first place it was all done mm-hmm. yes. what else you got for your scenes of the week Pooh? So, while I thought 99% of the Connor family drama was, you know, bullshit, there was this one shining ray of light in there that made Michelle redeem herself just a little bit. And it was that one part where her hubby there was trying to say, I want to have a kid, and she's like, no, I don't want any more. Agreed. If I wanted more, I would have tried after Rory. Spelled really, really weird. But she flat out shot him down and said, I don't want kids. I had my last one. He died. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Robert. I don't want any more kids. Thumbs up. Good on her for standing your ground. But, but yeah, I, I was just like, that that was well played. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, and that weirdness with uh, Kate trying to rope him into having a baby with them. Yeah, that was that was a mess. I was like, that was the messy bit. Yep. I was just like, you 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 may be drunk now, but keep in mind, it was your own fault for bursting into her workplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then and then you know there was the whole alley finally getting his comeuppance for knocking over a biker's bike and getting the shit beat out of him because he was a dumbass. I called that a scene of the week because he finally got something he deserved. (laughs) He certainly asked for it. (laughs) Yeah, I was was just like, if you're going to be an asshole, man, don't be an asshole right back. I did think it was nice how Ryan came through there and saved his ass. And he was like, all right, y'all motherfuckers, y'all leave my brother alone. I'm going to use y'all heads. I'm going to play baseball. Uh, I'm going to play baseball with you heads. <laughs> I thought that was That was good. a cute little scene. They, they needed to be a cute little family scene. It's, it, just for it to go back to hell again as soon as, you know, everybody got back. Yeah, those are a few of them. I had a bunch more, but... Keep going. You're good. <laughs> we got 15 more minutes got. <laughs> and you ain't hit none of mine yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David's reaction to Nick... Or, uh, actually, everyone's reaction to Nick coming out that he was married was great. <laughs> I, I loved David's reaction the most, though. Dude, next time you get married, call me so I can, you know, get on you a lot in the best man speed. That was funny. The great line. <laughs> but my all-time favorite, though, the award show. Oh, God. Audrey <laughs> <laughs> deserved what she got. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Audrey or uh Oh no no Claudia Claudia, Claudia deserved yes. what she got. And and Audrey Audrey was a boss and and she's internet famous now. <laughs> yeah. What I liked about that story was that it 
killed the whole competition between Maria and Audrey. Yeah. And allowed them to go back to being friends and working together and kind of the same thing for, for Rita because they were just over yeah. how Claudia was treating uh, people. And I thought that was cool. Like, you know, she's like, you know, like, girlfriend cool and everything, but um, I can't be working with somebody like that. <laughs> so, no. So I, I thought that was an interesting beat to play. Because I feel like sometimes asshole characters get away with just being punks all the time. And listen, yeah. I do love Claudia. I think she's cool and she's a little pot stirrer. But, yeah, she does does too much sometimes. And I understand why she's got this thing for against uh, Audrey, but she needs to calm down with it. So, yeah, I, yep. I thought it was good. She deserved, that, she, she deserved what she got in that yep. thing, that, that nice uh, base of flowers thrown, or yep. bouquet of flowers thrown at her. It was it was quite her-ish. And I feel like including being with Ken, who's like one of the worst pen, men on the show to be with. <laughs> she deserved yep. that too. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Is that all of them for you, Boom? That's all I got right off the top of my head. I can't believe you went through all those and you didn't say anything that I said (laughs) that I had now. So how many do I have? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven. Okay. All right. Let's go six or seven. Take away. All right. Scene of the week number one. Scene of the week number one. Leanne's reaction to Simon talk about stuff he wants to join the Navy. Girlfriend's just like, no, hell no. What the hell are you hell thinking? No. no. <laughs> oh, y'all up here talking about stuff. He'd be great. Are you crazy? No. What? Why? So he can go overseas and get killed? So so some dictator can do something stupid and he can get sit over there and get killed? <laughs> I felt like she was the other one who had a, the, the honest reaction because yeah. my little sister through her whole, I'm joining the Navy on our family like that, and that's how we reacted. So we were just like, what? No. Uh-uh. That's crazy. She's still in there. She's still alive, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Leanne's reaction felt the most normal to me, and I usually can't stand Leanne, so the fact that she did a reaction that was along my lines, I was like, finally, yes, I'm with Leanne. Y'all tripping. <laughs> they yeah. were way too cool about Simon joining the Navy. I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And no. Goodness. Um, I'm also going to give some love to Rita because um, the last time we were here, um, Jenny had just found out that Liz and Johnny had been cheating together with her, right? Yeah. And so the next day, Rita goes to the pub and she sees Jenny and she sees Liz and she's just like, why is she still working here? What the hell is wrong with you? Are you crazy? You can't have a woman that be cheating with your man working at the job. What do you know? <laughs> yep. And I thought that was good because last show, that was the same thing I was saying to you. You don't have nobody that just slept with your man still working at your job. What are you doing? And then Rita was saying my shit. I was like, I'm, I'm with you, sis. What's she doing? <laughs> so I thought Rita calling Jenny's road of crazy was good. Um, what also I liked was Abby popping Kevin upside the mouth. <laughs> because <laughs> it was good everybody just assumed she was doing all this bad shit when in actuality it was Tracy and Kevin just trashed I don't know that it wasn't Abby maybe it was Abby Bobos why don't y'all keep her for questioning I can't find the, the laptop it had to be Abby to destroy the co- he was fucking trash and so Abby yeah. being mad that she, he didn't have her back and then popping him upside him. I was like, good, because he's a little bitch. He should have had her back. <laughs> he's trash. Yes. So that's three. 
then um well it looks like these can kind of all be together so um everything else is kind of about uh the cancer reveal Mm -hmm. and just different reactions so the first thing i don't know if this was a part of the cancer reveal but uh, I think I think this was so. I think this was part of the scene where Daniel had found out that Sinead had the cancer, and then he, uh, because she talking about she wants to, you know, still not have treatment, and he's pissed off and trying to go be Ken's ass, and then he runs back to the house, uh, and then Peter's there in the backyard as a gatekeeper, and I think uh, Daniel said something to Peter like, um, "I'm going to go get." Uh, dad uh and uh peter's like no you're not and daniel's all well what are you gonna do uh throw me down a cliff and he's like to stop you from throwing dad down the stairs i was yep. like Ooh. all right y'all get it <laughs> i was like sing sing <laughs> and that was double day <laughs> i thought that was good um and i thought you know like you had said earlier the way that all the the scenes played out with the you know complexities of the cancer reveal was good. The next day, the street finding out that Sinead had cancer was good. One scene that I thought was you know particularly notable was when Daniel found uh, when uh, Chesney found out because mm-hmm. Chesney was in the street and he had found out. And then here comes Sinead and Daniel walking down the street in his direction. So he like goes to her and is like, "Hey, anything that I can do?" And she's like, "It's it's cool. I'll be fine." And he's like, "They're about to tear up." And she's like, "It's it's gonna be okay and it's fine." And then he's kind of like apologizing for what happened before with Daniel. And she's like, "It's it's right on the bridge. It's fine." And then they're hugging. And I thought that was that was sweet and everything. But then later, um, Sinead's hungry or hungry because she's basically scheming to not go to chemo and she needs Daniel out of the house so she can't hear what he's doing or he can't hear what she's doing but he sent she sends him to go out and get some um, food for her and he goes by the uh, kebab shop and then Chesney's there and then they you know talk about how they both you know, love Sinead and are sad about her diagnosis and they revisit you know their uh early scenes together because you know during Kate Oates run that's when Chesney was hitting himself upside the head with a brick <laughs> trying to blame it on Daniel to mess up his relationship with Sinead and those two kind of came to a truce with each other because they both love Sinead and they just want to you know quash everything and be cool and supportive to her uh, because of everything that she's going through and I just thought oh this is sweet <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that scene? I do. Yes. It was really cute. I thought it was nice. So I was like, oh, look at Kate Oates tying up her nice little things with a bow. And I don't have this one written down, but, you know, then there was also, uh, like, I think the last episode that we saw was when uh, Sean, uh, Sean was there when uh, Eileen and Seb found that money under the sink. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, they end up going to the pub to talk about what to do with the money. Well, just Sean and Eileen. And then Liz is there. And you remember kind of at the start of, you know, uh, the arc with Sean being homeless. Uh, yeah. He was living with 
Liz, but then because he didn't have a job and needed a job, he took her job at the pub. And so she kicked him out on the streets, and then he didn't have anywhere to go. So they even wrapped all that up, and, you know, she was just kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry if I had known. And, you know, Sean was like, no, it's fine, I understand. And then Eileen was like, oh, can y'all kiss and make up, because a sister want another drink. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so good. So, yes, it was so many good things on Coronation Street when Cato mm-hmm. took over. It was years of... Uh, lackluster is story. I, I think with the Stuart Blackburn run, which I think was for four years, it was just like Coronation Street was in the worst shape it had ever been in. Um, yeah. And Chaos just came in and injected new life into it. So, um, yeah, that's not happening with Ian at the helm. And I don't know what they're thinking, but we got the Queen on EastEnders. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck into that. We're going to continue by talking about Emmerdale. Miss Lynn, start us off. What did Emmerdale do to make you say, what in the hell, predatory-ass Maya? <laughs> well, at least he waited until he was legal. Baby. <laughs> she ain't too stupid. But I, I, I'm over that entire plot. I, I kind of wish when, you know, she quote-unquote fell off the chair and her head bounced off the floor that she did. But she wasn't. She just had a minor concussion and broke an ankle. And all she has to do is sit around and be a sad little panda and then she's fine. Oh, Lord. Me and my other half laughed at that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I burst out laughing at that fall. I knew it was coming because I kept seeing these stupid things on my, uh, like I get notifications for different soap stories and stuff on my phone sometimes for all of them. So I was just like, my, is Maya dead? What is this? And I read <laughs> it and I'm like, I ain't dead. <laughs> I can't remember what publication it is, if it's the Sun or the Daily Mail or one, but one always does these dramatic ass soap opera headlines like Did Peggy Mitchell come back from the dead and slit the throat of Phil, bitch? And it's always like, no, that did not happen because you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> no, darling, she is not dead. Her head just bounced off the floor a couple times. That that's all it was. <laughs> I wish it was a basketball bout, but you know, what can you do? I'm like, if you're going to try to hurt somebody in a dramatic-ish way, fighting a chair and bouncing your head off the floor is probably not the way to go about it. All because, oh my god, I'm going to leave you, Jacob. It's the only way that we can, or that we will both be safe. I'll call Jessie and let her know that there was a family emergency and the first thing that came through my head was, what family gives a shit about you? Your mom doesn't pay attention to you, your daughter hates you, what kind of family emergency do you <laughs> You know, instead of taking turns here, let's go tag team on these what the hells, because my, okay. first, my first what the hell is about uh, little Miss Maya as well. 
my what the hell is just her probably 30, 40 something year old ass acting like an annoying child. Like a five year old who wants to sleep with a teenager? Yeah. I mean, she she's acting like a little prepubescent child. Like honestly, she's jealous that Jacob is manned up and it's like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this to my dad. I'm done with you, you manipulative. And so she decides once he starts getting close to Liv to manipulate Liv and him and tell Aaron, ooh, you know, Jacob is over there by Liv. So he can go over there, Aaron can act a fool and mess up the little romance going on between Liv and Jacob. Like it's trash. And then she knows all the stuff she's doing behind David's back with uh, Jacob. But every time uh, she is in a position where there's some kind of slighter, David is annoyed with her for one thing or the other, she's just, oh, you do not respect me. And I remember the moment that killed me the most. Um, it was when she had given uh, Jacob that beer for his birthday and Eric caught her. And then the next day he tells David and... Uh, Who's a cute little lady? That's Jacob's mama. Who's not? Oh, Layla. And La- I was going to say, I think Tracy was there too. And Layla, yes. But, and, and, uh, who's, who's that? Yeah, and Layla was just like, um, in the future, you let me and David rule my, raise our, our child. You don't be telling me anything about uh, how to raise my son. You don't be doing anything like giving him liquor and things like that. And David sided with her. And then later on, knowing everything she's doing with Jacob, Maya had the nerve to get in. David's face talking about some, you respect your harem of women more than you respect me. <laughs> and I was just like, bitch, you're trying to fuck his son. What are you doing? Oh, just imagine if Alicia came back to the show. She would be knocked on her ass. I mean, honestly, Tracy ain't no punk. Layla ain't no punk. She, she, I better hope Layla don't come back. She'll get knocked out three ways to Sunday. But she's just acting so fucking immature. Like, I understand why she got divorced. If that is her character, if that's how she acted when she was married, I see why this shit didn't last. Because she acts like a child. And all this because it's not enough that cute David has a thing for her he she wants the attention of a little boy she could manipulate it's just uh. you see you see my thing is is i think the reason that liana or whatever her name is hates her so much is because she might have slept with her boyfriend or something i wouldn't put it past him <laughs> i don't know i don't think this is her first time she's manipulated young men mm-hmm they went to, they was at having a house party and she heard some pull say pull say pull say i couldn't tell that uh her little daughter's boyfriend's pp wasn't her husband's that's what happened we gonna call her uh brooke leanne forrester or whatever. Brooke forrester. oh my god such a damn mess <laughs> all right baby what else you have for you what the hell's for Corey? um well, for one, this is Emmerdale. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Charity's son there goes over to, to his girlfriend. I can't think of the girl's name right now. The, the, Dawn. Yes, Dawn. Goes over to Dawn's house and basically offers to pay her off to have sex with him. She was basically a prostitute when... 
uh, or that dude came back, the dude that rushed from Hollyoaks, mm -hmm. he came back for a hot minute and basically said, I'll pay you for sex, I know, or you know what I like, blah, 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 and she basically kicked him out, and there's this, a few days later, and they're getting all cozy and stuff, and they kiss, and you know, all that stuff, and she's like, I don't want to have sex with you. She, she wants to take it slow, you know. Awesome niceness there. I want to take it slow. Have an actual relationship rather than a sexual one. And he's like, how much, do I, how much do I have to pay you? And he pulls out his wallet. And I'm like, dude, you ass. She is, he deserved what he got. You, you, you'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, dude, no, uh-uh. Nobody deserves that. That was a rather douchey thing to do. You got me intrigued with that one. <laughs> All right. Let's see. So we're tag team. And which one do I want next? Um, ugh. Can we talk about this stupid Robert and Aaron surrogacy thing? Yeah! Like, what the fuck? The killer, I like... I've never liked Aaron and Robert together. I still, to this day, believe that Aaron never would have given Robert the time of day when he found out that Robert was with a woman because Aaron was not feeling cheating. He almost killed Carl King for cheating on his mama. He would not put himself in a situation where he was the other woman with Robert. But anyway, still we're here. It's bad yep. enough that Aaron and him are married, even though it's the secret still out there that Robert tried to kill his mama, kill Patty, although one of the times he was trying to kill Patty was when he was with Aaron with that damn gun. But it's just like, oh my God. So that Down syndrome kid. It's so annoying. And so now, you know, Robert has no job because Graham got on his schemes and kicked him out of the business. Now he's just trying to scrape butter together to survive. Mm -hmm. This is the time that Aaron decides that we need to have a baby. Oh my God! When I first was at watching, chick, at least the chick was hot. But <laughs> it, when I was first watching Emmerdale and enjoying Aaron's character as he came out and was kissing Adam and acting like I ain't kiss you. What you talking about? You must have imagined it because you wanted to kiss me. Like that dude is a, trying to be a parent. Seriously, like it's just weird to be like. Always in these gay stories, like, the gay dudes got to do the same thing the straight people do. So, you know, got to get married, got to have a baby. It's just like, oh, God, it's so odd and so annoying. And especially in this situation, because Robert's like, I want to go into America and I want to raise money to, you know, have this baby. And Aaron's do just it like, by proper channels, yeah. I'm and just Aaron's like, just doing this thing. Oh, that's just annoying to me. So I hope that a building falls on Aaron or Robert before. Oh, no. Let me say that again. I hope a building falls on Robert and kills him before he's able to give a sperm sample. Please, God. Yep. <laughs> Please, God. I don't need another. Uh, I don't need another. Sunset. <laughs> no more. Especially him. I'd rather see another whiny Lizzie. Mm. <laughs> Agreed. It's like, if you put that entire little group family together, the only sane one is Liv. Mm. <laughs> and she might not even be at this point. She's still mm. an one. But... <clears throat> 
Yes, God. And what you got for your next one, boo? So, Jacob, being Jacob, decided that he was going to sleep with uh, uh, Bernice's little woman and then Skyver off the next day and yep. just pretend she didn't exist mm -hmm. because he wanted to have sex. <laughs> he wanted to know what it felt like before he got the real thing from the person he loved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fuck that. Yep. <laughs> it was just like, way to kick a girl when she's down, dude. Yep. She was in a bad place as it was, and here you are going and fucking her, and then, you know, just leaving her out to dry as soon as you do. That's just Bullshit. Complete bull. Yeah, this this little woman that he's obsessed with has him doing all kind of insane things that we wouldn't expect. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not here for it. And you know I don't like that recast little girl. I like the girl that played her the first time. And I actually wish that little girl was still in the rogue because we wouldn't be having no conversations about uh, him sleeping with her because she'd be a damn child. <laughs> but, <laughs> Don't oh be God. a little girl. I'm saying. But I had to go in the store after a little bit. But you're right. Yeah, it's just, ugh, it's just trash, baby. Just trash. Um, I'm going to close out our what the hells with uh, Myra. Myra getting mad at Maddie for reporting Kane to the cops after Kane went cray-cray and tried to, you know, knock his block off. Looked like he was about to hit... Uh, Myra. Kane was doing too much. The cops needed to be called. He was out of control. And then Myra's just mad at him. Ugh. Look, I understand we like our ships. I like Myra and Kane together. I really do. But I don't need her to be stupid for Kane. Like, that's just stupid. If a man is trying to domestically abuse you, you don't send a message by saying nothing. You send a message by sending his ass to the cops. So, I thought that Maddie did the justifiable thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my two cents on that. What about scenes of the week, boo? What did Corey, shoot, what did Emmerdale do that you liked? So, you, you saw that Charity gets a phone call from somebody, and you learn that it's Lisa, and you learn that she's dying. Uh, and my, my heart in that episode, man, my heart like died a little bit inside it's just like first off you know I understand and all that she needed to call somebody but I wasn't exactly sure why she called charity to take care of all this stuff for when she you know besides the fact if she told Belle she was dying the world would have probably crushed her under and stuff but I feel like how they did it was great, having Charity do it instead of, you know, like Kane or Marlon or Sam or something, you know. You know, somebody that is lesser, lesser family, like second I hate saying that, but second-hand family. I hear you, boo. <laughs> because she is like a second cousin rather than a, you know, first relative. But I'm, I'm just like sitting there, I'm sitting here trying not to cry because you have her sitting in a chair and you learn that he's out walking about trying to, you know, 
figure out what to do and what's going on in his head and having so much stuff going on in his head. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is so sad. <laughs> I know characters get old, actors get older and may want to do other things, but I'm sad. I've missed Lisa since she's been gone. I feel like she's been a highlight of Emmerdale the whole time that she's been on. And I'm not going to be happy when she's gone. She's so good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What's your other scene of the week? International Women's Day. Yeah, that was a good episode. My, my, that was probably my favorite episode because the fact it starts with little April looking in the mirror and then walking up to... <laughs> oh my gosh. Do I have a funny face? Please. <laughs> Uh, like, no, girl, you keep. <laughs> like, no, you do not have a funny face. If you have a funny face, we all have a funny face. <laughs> and the bringing in all the women at the bar there and talking to her about it while you know Marlon and Jesse and everybody was out having their merry time. It was just very, it was very well done and really well played and all started by a nine-year-old girl. It was beautifully done. Absolutely agree, baby girl. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have one more. You do your thing, but I just want to correct myself. I just said it was perfect. It would have been perfect if Lisa was not dying. <laughs> that's, that's true. But <laughs> what's your last one, boo? <laughs> Jesse finally got her foot out from out of her ass and told her boys to get a life and get along and she's not dealing with them anymore. I am so flipping glad, even though I hate her character as a whole, she finally pulled her head out of her ass and decided, hey, you guys, you guys got me in trouble by leaving April by herself while I was coming to save your ass. And, uh, and now I'm not dealing with you anymore, which means y'all gotta move out. <laughs> You got to figure out what the hell to do on your own time. Thank you. Jesse out. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't like Jesse. I haven't liked Jesse from the minute she stepped foot on canvas. Mm -hmm. But when Marlon finally got through her thick skull that her kids were adults, I was just happy. I was happy that she finally got it through her head. And just let them go on their merry way. Yes. Because, because well, I will say that like, I have a, a one scene of the week that is related to those characters. And it was that uh, the scene where Ellis kind of uh, coerced Billy into punching him. <laughs> yep. So that his mama saw and got all mad, which I thought was hilarious because Ellis was trying to tell her he's the wrong and he's messy he's doing all this now his brother the way he's been planted hasn't been like that he's been cool and uh, Emmerdale's been trying to make him sympathetic yeah but I loved how just watching yeah. Ellis push his buttons and get him to the point where he was so mad that he popped him and then for once it looked like mama was actually on uh, Ellis's side and then he kind of did this little smile because <laughs> he knew he set his brother up and then, and then it, it turns to the dark side and she lied and she lied for him so 
Yes, but in that moment, since we're on the happy scene of the week for me, BC and Ellis get what over old, old dude for a minute. I was just like, good. <laughs> I needed it to happen. So we are closing things by talking about Oats Enders. <laughs> it ain't East Enders no more. Kate Oats is here. <laughs> so Miss Liz, let's flip it. Start us off. What did Kate Oats do that you liked? So give me some, some scenes of the week from uh, Oats Enders. I love it when um, Bernie's mom, I can't, uh, Karen? Yeah. Karen, that's her name. <laughs> Of it. I know it began with a K. <laughs> I always forget her name up until the last second. Every time, or, or well, Phil sent Keanu away to like Spain or something. I don't remember right off, but I know he sent him away to get him away from his Luis. daughter there. Mm-hmm. Annoying little blonde eyesore. <laughs> And uh, Karen was really pissed off about it because he hadn't, she hadn't heard anything. Mm-hmm. And so Phil and Earth are all sitting in the kitchen together, you know, after, you know, his daughter went and lied about saying how she was pregnant to get him home. And so he calls the person that, you know, he sent him to, and he sends a picture back of how beat up and shit that he was. And Karen and <laughs> Karen and Sharon both went off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, well done. <laughs> because when you see the two older women who love Keanu, don't 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 let Sharon fool you. She still loves him. And I don't. While I do not like the pairing at all, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with the uh, I'm okay with the anger value that that both of them gave, and how flat out uh, Karen went into Sharon. It was just like, dude, it's not like she sent him there. <laughs> well, I know, yeah, but but that's not the the. That wasn't the thing. I know the thing is, girlfriend is up there sleeping with her son when she's a married woman, and Karen ain't got time for it, which I love. And look, I was kind of looking for Karen to do one of them, ah, you can (laughs) rip rip Sharon's spine out, because she is mad mama with regards to her son getting involved in that woman and getting involved with all them shady things having to do with Phil because of that woman. And so, yeah, I was... Sharon to me is kind of the weak link here because I feel like she could be a lot bolder than she is. She could have oh, told Phil what was up. She could have had Keanu's back a lot more, but she's trying to play both sides. She's claiming she don't want Keanu when she obviously does. She's claiming she want to stay with Phil when she don't. And she's trying not to make nobody mad by keeping her little marriage situation going on while having this little boy lusting after her. But yeah, yep. you're, you're right. The way the story is playing out and how it's involved everybody, how, you know, Louise is in it and not Phil is in it and he's the one that has to go and save all the... Uh, it's, yep. it's definitely an excellent story and I think we're going to be seeing repercussions for the next few months, baby. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there. Yes. 
Karen has been excellent in this story. Um, she is definitely showing how she was able to manage with those kids. She has a lot of heart with them. Um, and the way she's responding to Mitch and Bailey in this story where, you know, we've now got Bailey's mother in the picture. I love that. So she is an excellent actress, you know. And we see the reality of what's going on. Bailey is basically having to be the adult in the home, taking care <laughs> of her mom because they just don't, they can't afford, you know, 24-hour care. Mitch isn't around to help. And, you know, now you've got the tailors coming in seeing what this little girl is holding up, you know, all on her own. And they're willing to help. It's just uh, so beautiful. This is one of the best stories that EastEnders has told. This has definitely made the tailors, you know, feel a lot more human, not be so much of a stereotype. And, I mean, just the 180-degree turn in uh, Karen's, you know, personality. She was just oh, kind of like loud mouth, no no really redeeming quality she's just some you know lady with a bunch of kids that's just a mess on the street now we can see more depth in her character and i love that eastenders is bringing that out of her so yeah so good i kind of wish we'd get more into the two kids that aren't really brought out that much yeah something must be going they on just, there. they just they just kind of like run about and you see them they're not even you know they just look like extras for now. <laughs> I felt the same, but you know, we get so much stories with everybody else. I'm cool, cool, waiting. Um, maybe, maybe uh, wait till they're older because yeah. they're still. <laughs> I, I have noticed that too. They they are just kind of in and out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And did you have any other spoof? The cancer storyline. Mm. Oh my God, watching her deny that she has cancer and she won't go to the doctors to get checked out and she runs away from home to live in a flipping mobile home for a while just to get away from everybody to have them leave her alone. I'm just like, oh my God, this poor woman. <laughs> she's been through so much and it was all because she thought it was the menopause. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this is such a, it's so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. And it's because she thought everybody was yelling at her and she was feeling ganged up on, so she felt like she had to run away. It's, it's just sad. <laughs> and how about that scene where Lily finds her way into that box because her school's been teaching about those Trojan horses? I just thought that was so good, you know, because Jean seems like she's talking to herself. And then the audience is kind of let in on the fact that, you know, she is there inside the box that got delivered to the house. And then Jean is talking again. And then she's just talking about how she's feeling and why she left. And she was just like, do you understand, Lily? Like, understand that she do the whole time. She's like, hold up enough now. A gazebo can't be left outside for real. <laughs> I know my grandbaby in here. You want a cookie, baby? Yes, please. <laughs> it was so cute. And you know something? Something that I'm noticing with Kate Oates' tenure here, and I love it. She is making all these kids so smart. Yep. And showing how valuable these children are and how, you know, much we should be appreciating them. Because I think, you know, in life and on soaps, it's easy to kind of like look over them and not paying attention to them. But 
she's showing the value of these kids and how powerful their influence can be. Uh, so, because look at Lily. Lily talking to her grand helped her get back home. Lily's picture, yep. you know, of being dressed up for school helped convince her, her grand to come back home. Like, it's just, oh, it's beautiful. And I love how it's playing out. Love it mm. so much. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to sh shift to what the hell so we can close on uh, good scenes of the week. So, look, I don't know. Well, I'll be not lie. I know why EastEnders is doing this. I know Tiffany is going to be the Bethany, like on Corey, for EastEnders, where, you know, when uh, Kate Oates was on Emberdale, she took the character of Bethany, sweet, loving character, and she got her away from her home. Uh, put her in a situation that was not familiar to her, living in that massage parlor slash horror palace with Nathan, where he was having prematurely raped and manipulated. It was horrible and got her awards, blah, blah, blah. I know we're going that route with Tiffany because the same things happen. Tiffany's left home. She says she doesn't want to be a burden to the family, but really, she's now living with that evil, what, what that half a name is? Evie. Evie, you know, oh. I don't want to see. I know what they're doing, but I just—it's uh, gonna be—it's gonna be a long watch because Tiffany is already giving this girl so much slack. This heifer has slapped her in her face, burned her with a cigarette, got her roping children into selling drugs, and Eastenders wants us to think Tiffany is not wise enough to be away from all this. And in fact, she goes into it she falls into it she falls out with her sister and then goes to move with evie oh my god this is oh i don't want to see it it's going to be annoying and i can tell i don't even need to wait, wait six months to see how this play it's going to be annoying because we already saw this with bethany and nathan on corey and i just i'm not here for it on these steps <laughs> so i i'm not gonna lie i fast forwarded through anything with evie and it i get you I understand. That's because that is probably right now the only character besides the the new sisters that, you know, I've only watched for a couple weeks and still don't particularly care for it, that I fast forward through. Because yeah. I, A, I don't like her face. Yeah. And B, I just don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, Dennis is going to move in with him too. Come on, boo. <laughs> and be trying to not set, that you know Sharon will let him and to be trying to set Bernie up for being a drug runner or some shit <laughs> yep oh man just ugh, yeah that's all I got for what the hell's baby I got a bunch of scenes of the week to make up for that what you got for your what the hell's for uh, East Ends um Masood leaving his half of the restaurant to those annoying sisters well, he didn't, ex he didn't exactly leave it. They, yeah, just, they just took it. They just kind of took over. But <laughs> again, don't particularly care. They're, they're changing the, re they're, they're trying to change the restaurant's menu and stuff. I'm just like, dude, there's like 87 live lobsters in the back of your kitchen and you have yet to notice. No, Mel has, and Mel is willing to help you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm skeptical about her presence there. Mm -hmm. I'm, 
I'm skeptical about her in a human setting. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, I'm sorry, she's acting a lot like Maya on Emmerdale right now, with the exception of she doesn't want to sleep with 16-year-old boys. She has the mentality of a five-year-old, and she uses her vindictiveness to make it even more so. I I don't I don't care for her. If you know, I mean, like she was. I understand she was trying to protect her child, but he he did the right thing and went to the police and confessed. And all she did was sit, cry, and drink. So good for you. Act like a child some more and see what happens. I kind of meshed my two together there because they kind of intertwine because of the fact that Mel's using everything in her power to try to make money to get a lawyer for <laughs> or to steal the money I'm almost thinking based on the paperwork that she's been looking over when she got she at a who's her face's house in um, or wait, she lives with Ian, don't she? No, I think she's got her own pet. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Never mind. Forget I said anything. I thought she used... I remember, thought, that's, the, that's the house where she was... Uh, she had got choked out in, and Hunter had the gun, and he had, we thought, committed suicide, but then EastEnders didn't show him for like three weeks. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Gotcha. But it's just like... I need Mel to go back to her adult self. <laughs> yeah, I'm not impressed with Mel. I liked Mel when she first came back. And then she met that douche nozzle and met the harem of wives and turned into a whiner and killed the dude. And yeah, I'm just like, Mel just needs to stop. <laughs> they need to give Mel like a three-month break where I don't have to see her for a while because there's an overabundance of Mel. <laughs> totally agree, Mama. Okay, that's all you got for you with the heels? Yeah, more or less. I'm, I'm sure there were a bunch more, but I don't have my phone with me right now, and that's, those are the two that really stuck out. You're good. Actually, I'll just close by saying I like the way under Kate Oates, um, and I think this started actually under uh, John York as he was leaving, how they've been pairing some characters and making some pretty strong friendships. Like, I'll start with, like, Mick and Mitch and Bailey. Like, I, f I think it's really good. Like, I like how... Uh, Mick and Mitch are becoming friends because really, you know, Mick didn't have any any friends really on the square like all these years. Uh, other than Ian, who kind of was just like using Mick for this, that, and the other, but there really wasn't any dudes who like Mick could vibe with and have a homeboy with, kind of like uh, Linda had Sharon. So Mitch, I actually didn't like initially, but between the storyline with Bailey and this connection with Mick. It's actually been pretty good. Like, I like them working together and coaching and, uh, you know, Mitch 
are Mick trying to encourage uh, are Mitch trying to encourage Mick to help him coach because he's good with kids and um, Mick helping Mitch to realize hey don't be so hard on Bailey you know she's a kid give her some space you know like that's cool like it's men like working together trying to be good men trying to be good fathers that's awesome you don't see that a lot so I, I kind of okay. like that little dynamic um, I also like the revival of Shirley and Jean's friendship. Like, that yeah. was a thread that got dropped a long time ago. But I love Shirley and Jean. I don't remember if that was Dominic Trevor Collins that did that or if that came before. But I've always liked the friendship of Shirley and Jean. So the fact that with the cancer diagnosis, we've got uh, them coming back together. You know, Jean finds out what happened and she kind of runs into Shirley and Shirley's just trying to figure out what's happening and you know, Jean's not you know, talking to her about it and is thinking, you know, Shirley said too much to her family. It's kind of disowning her. But that doesn't deter Shirley because Shirley wants to know what's going on with her girl. And how do things play out? After Jean comes back home, she decides to move in with Shirley. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so good. So that means we're going to get some more good Jean and Shirley moments. And they play so well off each other. Oh, excellent. Thank you. I give you credit for, I give them credit, man. So yes, that they don't really seem Shirley with many friends. Yes. Let's be honest, Shirley is not the friend maker. So when, you know, Jean's like, dude, let me move in with you so yes. I don't talk, you know, Stacy and Kat and, you know, the, split, the other Slater's bunch. It's just like, there's too many people there. Let me live with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's just perfect yes and actually I'm going to stop there because the other friendships I have on my list are kind of more complicated <laughs> so yeah. I want to stay I want to stay with happy so we will leave it right there so, with that I will say that I'm at Brother Soap and I'm at Lindsay Amanda and thank you guys so much for listening and until next time, I will say, if you're here to take the mick, you can sashay away. <laughs> Bye. Bye, you guys. Love a good RuPaul's Drag Race reference in a soap. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
well, you know, this is like par for the course for Sharon. She can kind of be a little deceptive, a little, um, you know, restrained as far as her feelings go. You know, she can be a freak in other areas. But when it comes to her feelings now, you know, she kind of keeps it, you know, closed in and under lock and key. So, you know, that's Sharon. Um, it's heartbreaking, of course. You know, you want the couple to be together and doing their thing. But, you know, this one had a break. That one had a break. The other one had a break. So, you know, they had to write it in where, you know, they break up or Sharon and Kayla break up. And, you know, Sharon sends Kayla to Spain and it's a whole thing. So, um, that was a little dirty of Sharon. I was a little messed up. Mm-hmm. But she was feeling some kind of way. You know, she was trying to get Kiana away from her, away from Louise. Um, because Kiana just was hunting Sharon down. Like, Man. you know, I still love you, girl. I mm-hmm. miss you, you know. And, you know, even though he was with Louise, you know, he told me to move on. But, I mean, of course. Was he with Louise? I mean, when you're with your love interest's daughter, stepdaughter, because you miss your love. Is that really a whiff? <laughs> yeah, you didn't really move on. He, you know, Sharon left a voicemail like around Christmas time saying, you know, I don't need you. You don't need me. Bye. Peace. But she really didn't mean that. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And with Keanu, it's like, you really didn't move on. You know, poor Louise with a rebound. She's a little emotionally manipulative, you know, kissing on her scars, telling her she's beautiful, you know, you know, dipping it low and bringing it up slow in the arches with Louise, knowing full well that he wanted Sharon. He did not want that girl at all. So, yeah, it's it's in that promo. Hello. Now, Jay, don't do promo, so I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what happened? Well, actually, I don't. Yeah, you might as well just tell me. I, I can deal with one spoiler. What, what's going on in the promo, boo? Like, you know, the recently released promo um, that Keanu, Keanu is telling Sharon that, you know, he hates her and all this stuff, which, you know, as he's crying and sobbing and carrying on. So it's like, do you really mean it, boo? No. You know, kind yeah. of blaming her for everything that happened in Spain and. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting when Keanu comes back on um, the 25th, on uh, Monday, 25th. Ah, so that's when he's back. Okay, all right. So I've, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I think I'm like three episodes behind. I didn't know when he was coming back. So I will wait until next weekend so I can see the full week and get the full effect. Because I'm, I'm enjoying getting the full effect of uh, the, the week's stories. Now that Kate Oates is in charge, because, yeah. Okay, so this question isn't on my list here, but I know you know the history of Sharon. That's your girl. Has any relationship that she's had, other than Grant, who's her connection to Grant to me is just like fire. But are there any other pairings that she had that have been, you know, really electric? You know, I've seen her with Phil, but like, to me, the whole Phil thing, like, when I started watching EastEnders, Phil was with Shirley. So Sharon coming in, like, I don't know, those two never really seem to have a connection. Like, they still don't. They seem kind of more like buddies than lovers. I mean, Phil's yelling to her to do this. She's yelling to him to do that. Like, that don't feel like love to me. But, you know, has there, like, when she, when Dom Trevor Collins, when Collins was on, and he reintroduced Grant for a little bit, and those two got together, that was fire. What is going on with John York and Perrin, Keanu was sure that's fire. 
Right. Are there any other fiery love interests or a Grant and Keanu it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Sharon and Dennis, Shannis, um, that's kind of happened in the early 2000s, um, was definitely extremely passionate, you know. Now, this is um, little Denny's baby daddy, uh, little Denny's daddy, right? Yes. Okay. Right, exactly. They were extremely passionate, was an extremely popular couple. Um, of course, he, you know, got stabbed in the chest, poor Dennis. But, um, yes, it was, I mean, really just the chemistry between the actors, um, Nigel Harmon and Fisher Dean, um, was just absolutely amazing. The characters were so good together. I mean, it was a very short-lived couple, but definitely made an impact, made an impression. So there has been other, that's definitely another pairing for Sharon that has that kind of wow factor, that it factor, that fire and desire, um, like with Sharon Cannon, and definitely like with Sharon and Grant, but definitely with um, Sharon and Grant, with Letitia and Ross, that chemistry is out of this world. I would yeah. definitely agree with you there. And baby, you said short-lived, so how long was she with Dennis? I mean, it was from like 2003, and then he died New Year's Day, Eve Day, 2006. Oh, so, that's three years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Okay. Well, two mm-hmm. years, you know, being generous. Right. Okay. Now, what about her and Grant? Because Grant was on the show back in 2011, uh, 2001, I think, maybe before. So, were they kind of hot and bothered on and off during that whole time? Um, right. Grant was, like, early 90s, and he came back, like, 2005, I think. Ah. And then, you know, has come back. Other times after that. So just had enough time to comfort old girl. He came before Dennis passed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they did have, like, Sharon and Grant had a little moment because she told him that the big thing with Sharon and Grant was that Grant always wanted a baby with Sharon. And um, and Sharon was, you know, working and hustling in the Vic, and she did not want to have a child with him um, when he asked or when he wanted to. Um, and as she left... Um, she kind of reunited with him, but not before she left. This is like 1995. Um, so she kind of reunited with him, and it was kind of like written when she came back in 2001 that she actually terminated her pregnancy with Grant, which is kind of like off screen. And then in 2005, they kind of discussed that, and there's definitely a lot of um, sparks between Sharon and Grant in mm-hmm. 2005, but she's with Dennis. Um, and I know that Grant has been on the show without Sharon. Um, of Jane and stuff like that, but I wasn't watching that stuff. But, yes, you know, when Grant came back hey, around... Did you say that Grant was with Jane? Yeah! Jane Slater? Jane, not Jean, Jane. Oh, oh Ian's Jane. Right. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, so he, he was with Jane and whatever. I wasn't watching that stuff, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then, um, <laughs> you know, he came back around, like, just before DC, DTC left... Um, and definitely there was some fire and desire yes, there, yes, but, yes. um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Grant is, you know, Ross said he, you know, he would be interested in coming back. So if y'all would call him up. Can you imagine sharing between, uh, Grant and Keanu girl? Oh yes. That's the story I would want to watch because I agree with you that Sharon and Phil, you know, it's really about, um, being comfortable with each other, having a secure relationship, a secure household. You know, it's not really that passion. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you make the tea, you know, you pay the bills, whatever, whatever. It's not like this great, this great feeling of love and it's like, okay, we're comfortable. Right. But, 
but with Shannon Grant, whoa. But, you know, I'm loving Shannon right now. Yes. So. All right. Okay, baby. We'll see what happens with him. All right. So, one of the times you were here on BSP, now we talked about your hope for John York's time, and I think that was around the time he started on EastEnders. Now that his run is wrapped, I'm kind of curious about your assessment of his entire run, because I know there were some things you weren't uh, happy with, so I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, kind of what you're feeling now that his time has come to a close. Oh. I definitely think he brought the show back to having some semblance of life mm-hmm. and vitality to it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much dead. I mean, Sean O'Connor's Reign of Terror. Um, but I guess to be fair, Sean O'Connor, one of his big successes was, or is, the Taylors. I'm not, I'm actually not too crazy about the Taylors as a family. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think they've been pretty much successful. You know, I'll keep Keanu because, hey. But all the rest of them, not a fan. But and you know, um, let me let me just say, okay, I'm not giving <laughs> Sean O'Connor the Taylors. He introduced okay. them, but yeah. your boy John York made them viable. Like John right. York is the one that came on and actually made them worth watching. So no, I ain't even giving Sean O'Connor credit for that because <laughs> he he ruined his own secret good creation because he messed them up so bad i just thought that they needed to go like the only one i really like was keanu and uh, bernie for the longest if it wasn't oh, for yeah, these new for regimes coming in and writing some interesting story for them i'd be trashing them so I, we ain't got to get that fool no credit <laughs> <laughs> no yeah definitely Jugger definitely saved them because i thought they would definitely get the axe mm-hmm. but then he kind of fleshed them out he made them better again i'm still not really a fan yeah. but you know he took care of like, from being just like this horrible, just, you know, flippant, work-shy mom to, you know, hard-working mom in the laundrette and yes. yada, yada. And so he's definitely made some improvements, you know. Well, you had that weird period where Bernie was, you know, playing chess in the shed. And now she has, you know, a beautiful friendship with Tiffany. And, um, you know, uh, we're exploring her sexuality. So there's some good stuff there. Keegan's kind of falling off a little bit for me with the drug stuff. Uh, I'm not really feeling it. But, you know, there's definitely been a lot of improvements like John York did with the Taylors, um, you know, bringing in Mitch, which, again, I'm happy as a brother on the show, but I'm not loving Mitch, so, you know, and then they're expanding the family with Chantel, so, you know, we're keeping the ball rolling with the Taylors, but um, I think that what John York did was that he definitely brought in a good, strong, stronger cast. Mm-hmm. I think bringing back um, Gene Slater is, has been great, you know, mm-hmm. a character you can root for. Um, which just, you know, she's, I'm, you know, I like characters that are messy, but it is nice to have a nice character. Um, I think of course, um, Shannon, hello, is really has been one of the most successful things on the show in years, in my opinion. Yes. Um, what else? I, what I'm not so thrilled about hello is that Melanie, you know, they brought her in. They only opened the club after Ronnie and Roxy died to let Melanie get in there and do the whole E20 nostalgia, acting as if, you know, Sharon has never worked a day in her life and Melanie knows, you know, how to run a bar better than she does. I'm not happy about Melanie. She gets yep. my nerves. Yep. So, mm, that girl, no. And I used to love Miss Melanie back in 2001 when I started watching this show. I thought she was fabulous. I thought she was fire. But now I'm just frustrated with her. She's just hostile and aggressive and just angry. And it's just, it's just like, ooh, girl. Agreed. You know, you know, get your life. 
But I definitely think that John York has, again, brought in a Shire cast, and he brought back Cat Slayer. The story that Cat Slayer's return story has been a hot, funky mess, in my Trash, opinion. Trash, yes, God. Hot, the, the Haley with Alfie that's bringing up Harry, Uncle Harry again. It's really been a mess. You came in and you had cat cleaning, and nothing wrong cleaning. Hello, you know, some, you know. Thank you to all the you know janitorial staff in the world. But it's like you just you didn't bring cat in to put her in the right places, and you know, worrying about Alfie and worrying about Haley's baby and and Cherry Pop, and it's just. Uh, it, but, I mean, you know, check it. Okay, Cat <laughs> and Alfie were millionaires. All right. <laughs> you mean to tell me we couldn't have been saved the male melodrama with Hunter, who we don't care about, dead ex-boyfriend we don't care about, the wives of each Eastwick that nobody cares about. Oh, my you God. You mean to tell me Cat Slater couldn't have come back to town, still been rich, bought that club, and been running her own club, so we got her at a club running shit. The pub in the hands of the quarters, they running shit. Okay, tell me all the stories that could have came out of Cats later running the damn club. And still, here's Haley. So maybe she's employed Haley, and now all of a sudden Haley's pregnant. So now this heifer that you work with, that's your cousin, you'd have found out it had a baby by your man. You mean to tell me that would have been a good story? I would have paid to see that all day long. And maybe address what the fuck happened at the end of goddamn Redwater. Uh, how? We, we, we were exposed to uh, Aiden... From the movies, mm-hmm. we still played with Stewart. You mean to tell me John York could sure. not have brought that cool actor who played Cat's evil serial killer ass son? She could have been working at that bar and then in walks in her serial killing ass son to the bar. Do you know how much mileage he could have got out of that goddamn story? But no, <laughs> they broke. And Cat is cleaning shit for no reason, and we ain't talking about what happened in real world. No, that was the worst thing he did. I thought I was like, what you doing? Oh, God, I would have traded Mel. Mel did not need to come back. I, I'm not nope. impressed with her at all. She's annoying with Jack, annoying with her son. Honestly, Hunter killed old dude in self-defense. What? They ain't to bear that body. What are they doing? It's, just, it's, it's too much stupid. Too much stupid with Mel. And then Hunter treating her disrespectfully. Oh, I need to do this, that, and other to worry about my son who doesn't care about me. It's too much. I would have rather seen Cat bawling, Cat being her fabulous self, causing trouble, making ruckus, and I think he could have written that well because that's his girl too. So I'm like, boy, that's your girl. Why would you not take the opportunity to big up your girl? I mean, he did eventually give us some good stories toward the tail end. The reveal of the baby shit was good. Alfie being a bitch and snatching it was was, trash, but it was fire the way the story played out. But I'm just like, why would you ignore something so fundamental? You could have saved us eight. You could have saved us two. We could still be dealing with cat serial killing the ass son on the square, offing people back and forth and other. Come on now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I agree with you yeah, on that. Stuart, cat. Stuart is awful. I can't believe, I'm honestly shocked that Kate is, uh, you know, Kate to the Oats. 
as I call her, is continuing to have his character on the show. Mm-hmm. He can go. He can absolutely go. That's, that's really shocking, actually. Yes. Um, she, but, do- yeah. she does have this thing for certain bad boy characters. For example, Robert on Emmerdale. He's trash. He needed to go along. But sister kept him in the run. So it's always usually like one or two. You know, now she's <laughs> making him halfway tolerable. Well, she made him halfway tolerable for two seconds. Then he acted like an asshole. Now it's kind of back and forth. But yeah, like I'm just like, why, John? Why, why, why did you do that to us, John? Why? Hotcher could have killed yeah. Stewart. It would have been so much better. <laughs> Ooh, that's you know that's not a bad idea. Cause just get rid of them both. Yes, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, two birds, one stone. Yes, but God. I think I think. I guess the best wrap-up he had was bringing back, you know, Legends, uh, OG, Mary the Punk, and Lofty. That was cute and and um, endearing, and it was great to see Sharon elevated at the OG that she is because, hello, homegirl has been around since 1985, so have some respect. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a nice little wrap-up, you know, to his um, return to, you know... Um, the show, but let's let's have the show be in a healthy position where it's not like let's constantly call John York to try to you know hold the pieces together because I think you know he you know he had peak enders was what you call his initial um, stint on the show and it was amazing material. It's why I fell in love with the show mm-hmm. um, is his initial reign, but now it's like you know you're seeing that there's kind of some cracks because the ideas are kind of, like, you're trying to do the same stuff, and it's half-baked, and, you know, thank you, Junior, for coming back, for trying to hold down the fort, um, but, you know, it's kind of time where you kind of need some fresh new ideas, and mm-hmm. and, and that's fine, you know, you, you, it, it is what it is, but um, I'm happy that they were able to bring in the one and only, um, you know, Kato, yeah, so uh, thank you, John, thank you, John, thank you, John, for, you know, Signing the dotted line on Shiano because hello, Sharon needed a story, yes. you know, and uh, and this is hello, it's been successful. So that's what happens when you give Sharon a story, you know, it pops. So you know, let's stop playing games with that. Unless but, that yeah. story is, I'm going shopping, I'm going shopping, I'm going shopping. Right, and that was the thing for the longest time: going shopping or making tea. And you know, now she's hey, I'm true, I'm bouncing on tables, and hey. so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, God. All right, darling. Well, we are going to switch it up and do some uh, Shiano-specific What the Hells and Scenes a week. So hit us with a couple. Let's start with What the Hells. What's been going on with Shiano that made you say, what in the hell? Um, definitely the fact that we have not seen them together, really together, if you think about it, since November of last year. Mm-hmm. And I know, of course, they have scheduling with, you know, characters and things like that. But come on, I'm ready. Like, let's see Shannon, you know, together. Of course, you need to play the whole angst of, you know, you sent me to Spain and all this and all that. All that drama and chaos and conflict. But, you know, I'm ready to see them as a couple again. And what we really are kind of seeing, in the spoilers at least, is that we're seeing a lot of connection with Keanu and Phil and definitely, Kate Oates talked about that in her QA, that they're going to get closer. But it's like, okay, we're getting Fianu, but why Shannon? So, that's why, what, you know, that's why what the hell is, hello, like, you know, let's get them back to being the freaks that they're supposed to be. So, 
yes that's one for me yes i feel like it's inevitable that they are going to happen unless when sharon ends when phil ends things with sharon because he finds out cheating bone keanu if sharon decides okay well i'll just be single uh, which would make no sense unless she's trying to stay away from him because kieran has threatened to slit her throat <laughs> if she brings exactly. it to me. i can't <laughs> be with you because your mom is you know strangling me because hey, well, <laughs> kieran has been black mama mad you saw when that half a two got it walked in sharon's house and threw sharon on the wall of her own damn house i was like all right sister Karen. <laughs> yeah, Chris Brown playing when she burst the door. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, she stole my nerves. I didn't think anybody would ever be able to do Sharon like that. <laughs> but you know, they they play too much with Sharon because Sharon can, you know, she can she can put them them hands up if she wants to. Mm-hmm. But you know, they play around like, oh my god, Karen, don't kill me. You know, Sharon was you know been in the East End since the eighties. She's about that life. She knows what's up. So, but yes, Karen, you know, Karen, yeah, she's not playing with her baby. Tisha, mm-hmm. not baby girl. Hmm. Yes. What else <laughs> you got for what the hell for the couple? Louise! <laughs> A plot device. That girl, everything about Louise with the Shiano story, she's 100% a plot device. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, for viewers that watch Shannon, she is the Zoe to this story, you know, the girl that's just in the way of the couple that you actually want to see, and it's frustrating, but some good things have come from it, and one of them actually was, which I kind of feel has been kind of underrated, is seeing Sharon as a stepmom, a concerned stepmom, mm-hmm. um, we've had some really nice scenes, um, when Sharon returned, um, in January, around that time, January, February, where, you know, you saw Sharon kind of consoling Louise, and they had a beautiful little scene in the Vic in the ladies' room where, you know, put your lippy on and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that... They that weren't Andy the only ones that had a beautiful scene in the restroom of the Vic. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, some nice little things have come from it um, as far as, you know, insurance and seeing her as a stepmom. But it's just... Go away, Louise. Go away. Nobody wants you. Um, obviously, you know, Keanu, one time and he was done. So, <laughs> and they're going to come around and, you know, bring Louise back into the story with Louise being in peril. And it's just enough is enough. Go <laughs> away. Go away. Now, so I love myself some Sharon and I love myself some Shianu, but I also love myself some Louise because that was a Don Treadwell Collins edition, that particular actress, and I thought she was fire since uh, the first moment she was on, because when she was taking, going head to head with Phil when she first started, I was just like, okay, who is this queen? I need her to stay. She is fire. Now, <laughs> with the Sean O'Connor regime, they kind of made her... Like, silly high school girls. So, I recognize that's what they're doing, but I still see the fire of before. I feel like she's Phil Mitchell's daughter, and she's going to stand up and do what she got to do to handle business, and I like that. And I like some of the things that, uh, you know, John York did with her. Like, I'm not sure if this was York. I'm pretty sure this was York and not... uh, not Oats, maybe it was, but that whole, like maybe it was Kate Oats, that whole thing where she pretended like she was pregnant so Phil would go kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just like, all right, sister, you, you be slick with it. Of course, <laughs> at the end of the day, 
it ain't gonna work between her and Keanu because Keanu loves Sharon and she gonna find out and she gonna be mad if she don't already know and she fucking him anyway. So, you know, yeah, it's a little spoiler, but because I like the girl, the, the actress, and the character doesn't annoy me too much, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's fine, okay. I, I, I don't mind. Until Sharon starts acting right, you know, let Keanu get his little tip wet. It's, it's cool. Like, ah. <laughs> And get a girl some love. She needs to know her scars are fine. Yeah, <laughs> yes. poor but thing. But I, I didn't write any what the hell's a scene of the week because I wanted you to shine. But I will say one that just popped into my mind was that whole thing where he done told her all this, that, and the other. Then Sharon comes back and then three minutes later he just like, uh-uh, we got to break up, girl. I'm like, bruh. Really? <laughs> That's I the power of spirit, honey. <laughs> okay. That's the power. <laughs> I said, come on, homie, you could have waited five minutes, bro. Nope. Nope. Once you see Sharon, it's like, <laughs> no can't compete. Louise couldn't compete. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. Baby. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the happy stuff. Give me some good scenes that you've enjoyed with Shianu in the past couple months. Oh, some scenes I've enjoyed. Um, definitely, hmm, ooh, when Sharon returned, and Keanu was trying to do everything he could, one, to get her to the Vic, like, don't you want to come to the Vic with the naked mm-hmm. birthday? You know, and then doing everything he could to get over to the bar where Sharon was, you know, my, you know spill his drink and all this stuff he was doing, you know, just, I mean, let me get over there, you know, because, hello, it's Sharon, you know, and then, of course, the fabulous scene in the bathroom where oh. Sharon's trying to leave. He closes that door. Fire, fire, fire. The chemistry was out of control with Queen Dean and Taylor Walters. And so that was a great scene. It was just like, woo! I mean, hello. I mean, just sparks and just, yes. Yes. My set didn't burn down because it was just fire. Um, so that has been definitely a fave of mine recently. Yeah. Um, and then, let me think what else. I I can't, off the top of my head, I, I don't know. But, um, overall, I'm just, I'm loving it. Yes. I'm loving it. So that's my most recent one off the top of my head. It's just that fire and desire scene in the ladies' room of the Vic. Yes. Yes. I'm going to see if I can find what I wrote about it at the time. Because I think, oop, let me go up. Here it is. It's still up. I switched up my little tweets. I used to have them deleting once a month, but I couldn't find old tweets I wanted to see. <laughs> so I set it to delete every three months now. So I can still access this one, which is good. All right. Because I wrote it more than a month ago, so I wouldn't have been able to find it otherwise. <laughs> so the day I saw that bat. That uh, bathroom scene between uh, Keanu and Sharon, I wrote on Twitter, I am gay as fuck, but I swear to God, <laughs> Keanu getting all hot and bothered in the Vic has my loins like, and I got the little gif of Blanche Devereaux <laughs> spraying herself. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. chemistry does your favorite ever. Your favorite wishes, your favorite could never. <laughs> exactly, could never, oh. will never, have oh. never. Oh my God. Just give up because your fave just can't do it. Oh my just God. Can't do it. Those two are such fire. And I'm a little later to the Shianu train. Like, I saw a little bit of chemistry between them. I was like, hmm, that might be interesting. That is fire. That is Grant <laughs> fire. 
Mm-hmm. They need to make that mm-hmm. couple happen. You know, especially yep. how pissed everybody will be, including his mama, that is happening, all the chemistry between them, the fact that she's been paired up with Phil for how many years and the shit is loveless. Can we get a fire couple? <laughs> and it's yes. older woman, younger man, something that we need to see because goddamn a guiding light is canceled and Matt Vanessa's done. <laughs> we need a long term kick ass fire couple. And that's going to be uh, Sharon and Keno. And I feel like. That could help Sharon grow some, because I don't know why, but oh my goodness, they are writing her so like petty and strange and weird. And I feel like if she's in a relationship with him and then she's to herself has to justify, okay, how am I going to be in a relationship with this man? And I'm raising a young man too. And there's this big age difference. So how how Mm. does she work? I feel like hopefully Kato's in charge. She will step up her game and make sure she's being mature and responsible and this, that, and the other, and putting herself in the best light so that she feels confident in her relationship, confident in her mothering, confident in her womanhood. So we ain't got to hear out her mouth every five minutes, I'm going shopping, or every time the wind blows wrong, now nah, we done, Keanu. Okay, let me give you a little nookie nookie. Now nah, we done. I just want to commit, and that needs to happen, and it needs to be fire long term. Because they're Oh my God, they're great. Well, one thing with that, you know, with Sharon going shopping every five minutes, where she used to do, but you know, now we're going into this kind of zone where Phil is broke. Yes. And one thing with Shannon was like, especially when it first started, like people were saying that's so dumb. You know, Sharon's relying on Phil financially, even though she owns fifty percent of the club. But hello, and it's like, um, you know, kind of like, why would Sharon do that and mess up her whole situation? Because you know. Homegirl needs Phil's um, pound sterling. Why would Sharon but, do that? Other people saying that blind? Why would Sharon do that? I know, right? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Come on. Come you know, on. exactly. Like, I mean, come on. Sharon has needs. Hey, not, hey. But yeah, aside from that, you know, hello. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, Phil is broke to broke broke. So, you know, my Sharon is not about to be broke. My Sharon is not about to pay no meter like Karen Taylor. Hello. So well, it's think like. Think about it. If Phil is broke and Keanu's broke and you have the choice between the two, which would you choose? It's equal now. So, you know, I'm going to go with Keanu. Come on. Go Keanu. So, yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm kind of like, hmm, that's a little interesting that they're kind of taking away that aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, what that advantage that, I mean, Phil also is, a, you know, has adopted Jenny, and that's also a part of it as well, that she has this family with Phil, yada, yada. But, you know, Kate is taking the money part away. And I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah. So let's see where they go with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I would like to note, when you talked about the whole bathroom scene, if mm-hmm. you remember when Sharon came back, she was in the Vic in the bathroom constantly. Now, part of that was, you know, so she could have somewhere to meet Keanu and have the whole, you know, my like, God, why were you with her? But, um, you know, the other part of it is like, why is homegirl in the bathroom every five minutes? You know, you got a black problem or you got something sitting on your bladder. Hello. <laughs> you know, is has that, you know, later in life, baby. So that might be a little something. That could happen too. I'm know? here for it. I'm absolutely yeah. here for it. <laughs> yes. So um, let's see. Um, 
let me ask you this. So if you could sit down with Kate Oates and advise her mm-hmm. on the trajectory of Sharon and Keanu, what advice mm-hmm. would you give her? Woo! That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, putting my fanfic hat on. I would definitely say, we discussed this earlier, bring back Grant. Um, because it's kind of a trick. So you're thinking, okay, Sharon and Kenner are good. She's away from Phil. That's done. They can be together. Boom! Grant comes in. And if there's someone that's going to give Kanu competition, mm-hmm. it's going to be Grant. Um, because in a way, I, you know, she always kind of had, Sharon always kind of had a you know, uh, Grant in her heart. Um, I think she always kind of loved him, but just couldn't be with him. It's kind of one of those situations. And if things seem hunky-dory with, you know, with Sharon and Keanu, and then Grant comes in at some point, particularly around the time of the reveal, um, with, uh, let's just say, because a lot of people have speculated, maybe the reveal will happen um, on Sharon's 50th birthday, because that's also the 25th anniversary of Sharon Gate. So if you could bring in Grant around that would be fire. That's what I would love to happen to bring in Grant around that time and for Grant to be like, girl, you know, I'm going to take you away from all this. You ain't going to be with that little boy. You're going to be with me. <laughs> so that's what I would do. If, you know, if I could sit down with Kate, which would be amazing because I'd be like, girl, I love your, you know, your hair situation. You know, I love her different hair color. So, so if I could sit down with Kate, it would be, girl, please, 25th anniversary of Sharon Gate, 50th birthday for Sharon. Bring back Grant to be like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. We ain't, we ain't gonna have that kind of situation. So that's what I would do. I'm here for it. Yes. Yep. And, baby girl, didn't you have a little shout outs that you wanted to give to someone? Oh, well, let me make sure I get the at right, right here, right now. Un momento, por favor. Mm-hmm. Because. I want to make sure I have this person completely right because they're so influential on Twitter and um, they're such great fans um, for our homegirl Sharon, also for Shirley. So Shirley Carter's youthful pussy. Oh God! <laughs> Shirley pussy. Um, you are absolutely fabulous. Um, I appreciate you. We all appreciate you. You know, you definitely stand up for homegirl Sharon. So, you know, and bring joy and light to Twitter. So thank you for all of your fabulous content. Yes, God. Yes, I have not <laughs> scoped it yet, but me hearing that he has love for my girl, Cheryl, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, God. All right, everybody. Well, we are wrapping it up. Thank you so much for joining us, Miss E20 Shady Sarah. Sure, I love it. Thank you. I don't like that username. Why you lame yourself Shady? You ain't nobody Shady. I have a reason. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to figure out a, a rebrand. I'm going to say, I'm going to say E20 Queen Sarah, Princess Sarah, a royal okay. royalty. There you go. We can keep it. E20 Royalty Sarah. How about that? All right, that's shady to royalty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you some diamond okay. lambs to celebrate your royal highness. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye, y'all.